Hey everybody and welcome to season 4 of How I Built It. I'm so excited to get this season underway after taking a few weeks off. We have some amazing guests queued up for this season. Uh, we talk about some really cool topics. Our sponsors are amazing. It's just going to be a great season. It's also broken up a little bit differently where we, we talk uh, for part of the season about the developer stuff that we usually talk about. And then uh, there's also going to be a, a part of the season where we talk about building your business and different aspects of that. And I have some really great guests for that. So I'm really excited to roll that out. Uh, but today, my guest is Cody Landefeld of ModeEffect. Uh, we're going to talk about how he and his company built those Disney quizzes that are oh so addicting. I saw him tweeting about them and I thought, well, I need to talk to him about that. So we talk about that and working with enterprise level clients like Disney uh, and of course e-commerce because e-commerce is really uh, their wheelhouse over there at ModeEffect. So uh, before we get into the interview, I want to tell you about our amazing season long sponsors and then we'll jump right into it. This season of How I Built It is brought to you by two fantastic sponsors. The first is Liquid Web. If you're running a membership site, an online course, or even a real estate site on WordPress, you've likely already discovered many hosts that have optimized their platforms for a logged out experience, where they cache everything. Sites on their hardware are great for your sales and landing pages, but struggle when your users start logging in. At that point, your site is as slow as if you were on $3 hosting. LiquidWeb built their managed WordPress platform optimized for sites that want speed and performance, regardless of whether a customer is logged in or logged out. Trust me on this, I've tried it out and it's fast, seriously fast. Now, with their single site plan, LiquidWeb is a no-brainer for anyone whose site is actually part of their business and not just a site promoting their business. Check out the rest of the features on their platform by visiting them at buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. That's buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. It's also brought to you by Jilt. Jilt is the easiest way to recover abandoned shopping carts on WooCommerce, Easy Digital Downloads, and Shopify. Your e-commerce clients could be leaving literally thousands of dollars on the table and here's why. 70% of all shopping carts are abandoned prior to checkout. Yes, you heard that right. 70% of shoppers never make it to checkout. And that's why you need to introduce your clients to Jilt. Jilt uses proven recovery tactics to rescue that lost revenue. It's an easy win that lets you boost your client's revenue by as much as 15% and it only takes 15 minutes of your time to set up. Jilt fully integrates with WooCommerce, EDD, and Shopify, and you can completely customize the recovery emails that Jilt sends to match your client's branding using its powerful drag and drop editor, or by digging into the HTML and CSS. Even better, Jilt's fair pricing means your clients pay only for the customers they actually engage, and you get to earn a cut of that through Jilt's partner program. Whether you have clients that process one sale per month or 10,000 sales per month, be the hero and help them supercharge their revenue with Jilt. Check them out at buildpodcast.net slash Jilt. That's buildpodcast.net slash J-I-L-T. 
Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Cody Landefeld of Mode Effect. Cody, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Joseph. How are you? I am wonderful. As we record this, it's a very cool August day here on the East Coast after like horrible heat. So I'm very happy right now. You are out in Arizona. I assume it's just horrible heat most of the time there. It's always dry heat though. Uh, so uh, yeah. I I can't complain too much. Yeah, that's right. Here it's like a humid, oppressive heat that then has to be followed by like terrible rainstorms. Yeah, uh, can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. So today I I saw you tweeting about this, and I had to talk to you about it because I take these. You guys at Mode Effect uh, recently did a. Uh, Disney quiz kind of engine for Disney. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. That's awesome. So I take those quizzes regularly and I'm I'm happy to talk to the people behind it. So maybe first you could tell us a little bit about who you are and what you guys do and then we can get into this specific project. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. And yeah, so Cody Landefeld, co-founder of Mode Effect. We have been an agency for, this is our seventh year. And we primarily work on mission critical WordPress sites and e-commerce sites. We really help with business owners helping to scale their WooCommerce site or e-commerce site and utilizing WordPress. So yeah, it's pretty much in a nutshell what we do. Gotcha. And that's, you know, that's since your inception, at least seven years ago, has always been kind of a not a controversy, but it's been a sticking point, right? Like can WordPress scale? Is it ready for enterprise mission critical websites so and you've built a business around this so i'm going to say yes and and what are some of the things that you do generally speaking to kind of help combat that mindset yeah that's a good question so ideally we don't want to entertain anybody who needs to be convinced right like we don't want to get on a on a conversation that somebody's trying to figure out if they need what we provide. Hopefully it's always a conversation with somebody who actually needs the service that we provide and values that. So yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, there's so many businesses and so many use cases where there's an opportunity in in a, just a liking towards WordPress to see that as the best possible vehicle to scale whatever they're trying to do with whether it's e-commerce store or a large scale publishing site. There's a lot of lessons we've learned and a lot of th- solutions we put in place to be able to really help WordPress scale in both those cases. Yeah, that's and and that's a really great point. I like what you said. You know, we don't want anybody who needs to be convinced because that's I liken it to a lot of people are like, you know, what do you think about people using Squarespace or Wix instead of WordPress? And I say, you know, if they if that works for them, that's fine. They don't see the value in hiring me to do a WordPress site. And it's kind of the same thing as like letting your kids make their own mistakes, right? Like you could be like, hey, don't do that. But they're not going to know until they do it that they shouldn't have done it before. I, I like I kind of think of those as the same thing. They're not going to see the value in what you're doing until they know they need that value. Yeah, no, that, that that always comes up with those entry level software, even even a WordPress.com. You get people who are weighing the value of going with such an easy out of the box solution. And it's just clear. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're probably just not ready for realizing that. And it's the same in the e-commerce space. 
a lot of, I just got back from an e-commerce conference in Austin, Texas, and the whole room was Shopify or die. <laughs> and everybody's like, I can't even understand why you'd use WooCommerce because it, they just don't realize that there's such an aversion to technology and until you, and then you get in conversation with other people and they're fully convinced that they're just going to save tons of money and do so many key things only using WooCommerce. So same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just not to belabor this point because I do want to talk about the Disney quiz, but I had a very similar conversation with somebody recently where uh, I have a Patreon for this show and somebody asked why I wasn't using GiveWP. And it's like, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like you understand what you need. I'm not ready to spend the time and infrastructure to set up a GiveWP account. I'm very willing to give 5% of the nobody who's pledging to my podcast on Patreon. When I get to a point where I have the audience I want, you know, I'll probably move to GiveWP, but it's the person you're providing the service for needs to be ready for it. You can't just be like, never use Shopify or never use WooCommerce, right? Like that's how you turn people off. So cool. So let's get into the this Disney quiz engine. Uh, maybe we can talk as much as you can, you know, considering kind of uh, the client confidentiality stuff, how this project came about and how you guys ended up doing the project. Yeah. So I appreciate that concern. It's It's tricky when you work with those types of clients that are in that very unique group. In this case specifically, it, it's been a while and it was, interestingly enough, this was a one-off opportunity. So we really weren't bound to any particular, you know, gag order. And we've done multiple projects for other groups at Disney since then. And we, we can't, obviously those aren't on our portfolio. So yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. So the way this opportunity came about was, I have a good friend who goes by the name of Jason Tucker. He does the uh, WP water cooler. Quick shout out to water cooler. I'll he, link it in the show notes. Oh yeah, there we go. So he somehow, somebody had gotten in a hold of him and, you know, he was, had just taken a full-time job and just knew that he didn't have the time and he passed it off to us, uh, luckily. So this person got in touch with us and we started talking and we were able to convince them to give us a chance to build the site. So, uh, yeah, that's, so that's kind of how it came about. And we, we were able to have some discussions and we started working on the project. Nice. Very nice. So maybe you can explain the project a little bit as far as what exactly it is for those of us who don't obsessively take Disney quizzes and kind of what the, the spec was like as you started to build it. Uh, yeah. Like, did you do any research to figure out like what the best process for this was? Yeah. So just so everybody knows, and Joe obviously understands, there are two types of people in this world. One who take Disney quizzes and two that do not. That's how you separate <laughs> people in society. Yeah. The uh, research that went into this, there was actually a request that originally went out. They were very much a fan of how BuzzFeed set up their quizzes. And this is going back probably about four years. At the time, I don't think it was super saturated with quizzes all over the internet. So BuzzFeed, for some reason, was seen as a trendsetter there. So it originally came through, the request was like, we want a BuzzFeed-type quiz for Disney. And so we kind of got started, and we, we started looking around, obviously, to what existing solutions that were in the 
plugin repository and just seeing what existed. And we actually found that there was a pretty decent plugin out there that is now defunct that we used. And uh, I'll, I'll confess to everybody, we took that out of date plugin and we forked it. Nice. Sprinkling I mean, a little the... controversy for you. Oh, that, well, that's the beauty of open source, right? I, that's like, why reinvent the wheel, right? You, you found a good thing and you, you forked it and you updated it a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to ask what it is, but maybe I can ask off the record if we don't want to. Yeah. You know, to be honest, I don't even remember the name of the plugin. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, so this is a WordPress site. We're using a, a forked version of a quizzing plugin that you guys found. Uh, and, and they wanted this to be like BuzzFeed quizzes. So to get the, the kind of format, and I'll link to a couple of my favorite quizzes in the show notes too, but it's basically like, you know, what, what Disney sidekick are you? I think it's probably one of them, right? And then it asks you a series of questions and then it comes up with the result, right? Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. So, I mean, at face value, you know, this is probably something that any halfway decent coder can cobble together, right? But you're doing it for Disney and then there are some things that you need to consider, right? Like the fact that there are probably hundreds of thousands of people every day taking these quizzes, right? So what what were some of the unique considerations you had to make? Yeah, it's a good question. There were a number of requests that needed to be built into the system that didn't currently exist within the plugin. And what we found is, you know, it was a, it was a decent framework to just take that plugin and build on top of it. But there was a request for uh, an interstitial portion in the quiz to be in there, obviously like some type of an advertisement and then also some type of custom analytics piece so that they could easily pull out the statistics. So like you said, thousands upon thousands of people take these quizzes every single day and they wanted to somehow uniformly pull these statistics out of the dashboard. So we had to build in a piece specifically for that as well. And that, you know, at the end of the day, there was a lot of rigorous back and forth to make sure that it is indeed a scalable option because what ended up happening with this particular solution we built, it, if you look around, it pretty much lives on every single blog post or blog site out there, even on the Star Wars blog. So that's um, right. that's probably what I'm most excited about being a Star Wars fan. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And so I've uh, working a crowd favorite. I used to do a, a lot of Disney work. I think they put me on the Disney work because I'm such a Disney fan, uh, which I'm uh, deeply appreciative of. And so while I was there, you know, there were several kind of different hosting and, and caching options and things like that. I know. So, again, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I'm sure you probably know better what you can say. What kind of hardware setup was taken into consideration to, to make it scalable? Right. Because the software guys will always say, well, let's throw more hardware at it. Uh, <laughs> and the hardware guys will be like, well, you need to optimize your code. Right. And, and it's generally some sort of balance. Right. Yeah. In this case, the group we were working with didn't really have deep technical understanding of everything. So we, we kind of led that way or we led that charge. So it never really came up that it was, you know, a certain technical specification. Now that's obviously changed with, with different groups we've worked with in Disney, but mm -hmm. uh, in this particular case, it didn't even come up. Nice. Uh, so why don't we get into kind of the the how you built it? We talked a little bit about this plugin and and some of the custom analytics, which I'm very curious to dig deeper into as much as you can because that is 
uh, data and reporting is the relative new hotness, right? We want to know everything about everything, but it's also difficult to do right, I think. So maybe we could talk about like what are some of the tools and methods you used, but also this custom analytics part and kind of how it relates back to e-commerce stuff, right? Which is how we kind of started off. Yeah. So in this case, you know, Disney had given us the specification on what they exactly wanted to have the data be pulled out by. In this first particular case, building this first version of the quiz, it was so limited. It was very much limited to a CSV download. There wasn't a visualization piece on the WordPress dashboard. And so basically you just had certain types of you know, results that came out based on whatever somebody picked. I would say we, we actually got a chance to go and improve upon this model for a different group. And what was interesting is the quiz actually was intended for different business groups all throughout different Disney parks. And we were able to build some more complex analytics pieces and some visualization within the WordPress dashboard. And I feel a little bit very high level on the technical understanding because I, I myself, I'm not an engineer or developer. So the developer on our side, I'm feeling a little a little bummed I didn't invite him to kind of speak into this. But, um, you know, it, a lot of it just came down to, again, that CSV analytic reveal, of obviously, for which which answer was the most popular at its first mm-hmm. version. And then eventually it became something where they had such granular data, which was saying, you know, which particular business unit responded to the request and then actually what type of role they had. So they were able to have data such so so granular as to, you know, what particular groups or what particular departments and different roles inside of those departments liked certain answers in these quizzes. So they had a really, really big set of, of data that they had accessible with the second and third versions of that quiz. Hey, everybody, I want to take a moment here to tell you about Event Espresso. If you need an excellent event management system for your WordPress site, look no further than Event Espresso. The out-of-the-box event registration and ticketing plugin for WordPress is now powering over 40,000 event websites, $100 million in ticket sales per year. If you need a stable, well-built, and highly supported event ticketing platform for your WordPress website, look no further than Event Espresso. They're a great supporter of the show. They make an incredible product. You can check them out over at buildpodcast.net slash events. That's buildpodcast.net slash events. Now, back to the show. Nice. That's awesome. So maybe we could talk about then what the... I'm really interested in the requirements aspect of this too, right? Uh, because putting a quiz together, I guess like how, how would you put a quiz together on the back end, right? Because you have these Facebook applications, you know, that you just click, click on and it's totally random, right? I got what Game of Thrones character are you most like? And it was just like compared my picture and it said I was Littlefinger, which is preposterous. And then you have these kind of smarter quizzes that take your answers and, and match you up with a possible best answer. So what does that kind of look like on the back end? Yeah. So obviously if memory serves, it's been a little while since I looked at it and I should have looked at it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was definitely all put together in some type of 
what what is that like a uh, conditional, some type of a conditional mm-hmm. format? So if this gets answered, then obviously these these two particular answers become available. So basically, just the a lot of the bulk of the work was just putting together all of those particular answers, or what particular answers that could be based on somebody's previous answer, and along with that, there was the addition of the interstitial where. Mm-hmm. There had to be room to plan for what type of ad or what type of uh, information would go in there as well. If memory serves, I believe that we even built an add-on for Gravity Forms to be involved with this because eventually there was a form element that really needed to be involved with the feedback piece, specifically with uh, second and third versions of this. So we actually built in that, and that's you know where some of the conditional pieces got a lot more complex as well. Nice. So that's actually like a really good segue into a question I always ask, which is, has the product gone through any transformations? And we've talked about a few, right? We've talked about the CSV moving to possibly more visual or deeper data, and then this add-on for Gravity Forms. Something I've noticed when dealing with larger enterprises, right, is you have a spec or a list of requirements and then as you get closer to the end, you build something out. I've seen a lot of, oh, well, well, does it do this? It, it has to do this. So maybe we could talk about some of like the transformations, even like during the first build, later features. And then how do you, as the, as like the, the president, the, the business facing guy, how do you manage requests like that? Hmm. So I take the first version of the requirements, I print it out and I just throw it in the wastebasket. <laughs> no, I, it's, you know, the good thing is in most cases and specifically, you know, we, we've been very fortunate to work with the folks that we worked with over there in the different departments with this particular first version of the quiz. It was so basic in the sense that they were just like very clear on the Buzzfeed functionality. So it was on us to really come up with requirements on the fly, which was surprising. You know, you always expect that a bigger agency or a bigger, huge company is going to come through the door with very clear requirements. But in this case, they really lean heavily on us to be able to put together the requirements or the know-how and how to build this. That changed with the second and third versions because we had more technical groups coming through the door saying, these are the specific specs we have for this on top of what this does. And then that also went in the way of talking about inclusion of how the analytics piece would work and then also some of the conditional information as well. So, yeah, and, and my my role, you know, as a, as a business owner, you know, like I think it's, you know, always a, having a good process about having a discussion with the engineering or development team and making sure that there are good questions and inviting them to calls because with a smaller company like Modefect, we really just, you know, and and with time always up against us, I mean, just everybody seems to be in a hurry at all times. Yeah. We want to be as efficient as possible with having those conversations. So we'll invite team members to look at the requirements and then attend a next call to ask better questions and then come away with a, a game plan, hopefully in that uh, third attempt there. Nice. And that's that's important, right? Like as a developer, I was always reluctant to attend superfluous meetings, right? Like meetings where 
I feel I didn't need to go. But when you're eliciting requirements, especially when you have loose requirements, it's it's really important that some developer who can communicate is in on those meetings, right? Because essentially they're going to be the ones building out or if they're not building it themselves, they're going to be the ones who are communicating the technical aspect to the team, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's just, it's all over the place. There's never a really consistent scenario where somebody is always tech savvy enough to be able to spit out the requirements where you could just take it and build. And at the end of the day, we're trying to save risk on both sides. We're trying to save risk for our clients to not be super expensive and make it a, a long and awful process. And on our side, you know, we're a business, we're in business to make a profit and be efficient on our side. So that's, yeah, that's definitely where we want to step in and do a better job there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you're dealing with larger, you know, larger budgets, smaller budgets, whatever, when there's a specific number in mind, you'd be pretty hard pressed. As a, as a freelancer, I should say, it's always been very hard for people to go back to the client and say like, hey, this is going to cost more than we thought it would. And you get that with with bigger companies, maybe even more, because there are people who are looking over their books more strictly and things like that. So managing expectations and cost and, and things are kind of the unseen side of software development, right? On this show, we talk a lot about the technical stuff, but things like that, especially with larger clients, are big considerations for for projects. Oh, yeah. I, I see the same all, all the time. I mean, it's it's definitely, you know... Budget is, is, I always consider that it's like the light to the path, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and, and it, for me, I, I don't feel very uncomfortable with that because I always feel like there's an opportunity to educate somebody on how far their budget can take them and give them good feedback as to what the budget will allow them to do. And then it, it, if anything, it's a good, it's a good step in the right direction to be able to get them to trust you if they can trust you to take what does not fit into their budget and then use that as, as an opportunity to work together again in the future. That, and that is so important. The trust aspect of it is you're entering into a relationship with somebody, you know, I know it's, it's, I almost equate it to being married or dating somebody, right? You need to, you're putting certain vulnerabilities out there. Money is involved and you need to be able to trust each other. And if you don't, you're going to have a, a bad relationship. It's not going to go well. Absolutely. So, cool. So uh, this is this has been great. Uh, we are coming up on uh, kind of the half hour mark. But I do want to ask. So you mentioned that this was like kind of a, a one-off project. You've iterated on it a little bit. So for this last, uh, these last couple of questions, at least, we can talk about mode effect uh, just generally. Maybe we could talk a little bit about the some of the other projects you do. But what are your plans for the future as... WooCommerce uh, becomes more popular as it gets easier to p- to put e-commerce websites online and things like that. Yeah, I, you know, our mission is to help store owners that are bootstrapped, that are looking to really take their business to the next level, to have a business that exists and utilize the technology in WooCommerce or a solution within WooCommerce to really bring a lot of extra money to their bottom line. I mean, extra profit and revenue. And I think that's the beauty of the platform. I th- I feel like there's a lot of business owners that get to a certain level where 
they're pretty overwhelmed if they don't have a technical in-house resource or they do in both cases they can always benefit from somebody who's very expert you know focused on woocommerce and its inner workings and challenges to be able to come in from a outside perspective and be able to really help them relate a solution to an exact dollar amount on their bottom line. Nice. I love that. And it makes sense, right? Because I am a technical person. I've been doing web development since 2001, maybe. And I just recently got into the product space. So I'm running an e-commerce store. I'm using WooCommerce and I'm savvy and I'm still not, I'm definitely not doing things efficiently. Like there are and I'm learning along the way. I know how to learn. So like, what are some of the common pitfalls that you see for, you know, kind of people running their own WooCommerce shop? A lot of the same of what you're, what you're saying. I think that it's really a challenge, the expectation we set in the open source world about getting started so fast with WordPress. And it's great because you kind of think of it of a small, medium, and large, or big, better, best, or yeah, good, better, best. You know, you think of somebody starting out a blog, you kind of think that they're probably going to utilize less plugins, less tools. It's simpler. It's a simpler site. Take the next step, marketing site. You've got probably more things, a bigger site than just somebody using a blog. It's, it's more things are going to happen on a marketing site. Escalate that even a level further, or maybe two levels further to an e-commerce store. So we're slapping in not only WordPress and its plugins, but now we're slapping in WordPress or rather WooCommerce and all of its necessary extensions and then other plugins. And before you know it, your site is running like a snail in almost hardened mud. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes, I, I think that, you know, again, there's a there's a better separation of somebody who is on that level of an, an online store as opposed to somebody who's just running a simple blog where they really don't need, they, they probably got, got away with building something quickly, but somebody with a very specific WooCommerce store and has to do these certain things. The caveat is, is that, you know, a lot of the plugins cause database bloat and they need to, you know, figure out how to get speed. Cause, cause you know, coincidentally you need that speed in order to make the money. I mean, people are just going to hop off the website if it takes, you know, half a second to load your product. Yeah, absolutely. And and those are some of the most telling stats to me. You know, 80% of people will abandon a website if it takes five seconds or more to load and stuff like that. And on an e-commerce site, that is money. Like if, if, if someone's not even loading your site, you don't even have the chance to sell them something, you are losing money. And just as you were talking, I looked up stats between my personal blog, which is like halfway between a blog and a marketing site, and my e-commerce site. I have 16 active plugins on casabona.org, which is my blog, and I've got 41 active plugins on my e-commerce site. Oof. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. And I I was thinking, like, how can I trim that down, right? Because uh, I've got WooCommerce and LearnDash. Now, that's a mistake that I made. If I had to do it all over again, I would probably just do... LearnDash. I was going to use WooCommerce and Sensei, and then LearnDash is, uh, to me, well, LearnDash did more of what I needed than Sensei did at the time. Fair enough. Uh, and then I, and then I've got Affiliate WP running, and like all, uh, and a bunch of add-ons for that. So uh, probably like WooCommerce, Affiliate WP, LearnDash, and their related plugins make up like eighty percent of the plugins that I'm running on my my personal site. Luckily, I have a very good host. 
who happens to be sponsoring this episode. And so I don't see a terrible, I, I don't think I see a terrible decrease in performance. But again, it's, I, as a developer, I wanted to do something where I didn't have to develop much. And so I ended up doing the plugin boot. Well, this thing does what I needed to do and this thing does what I needed to do. And now I don't have to code. And it, I think even as an expert in the field, working with an expert in this particular area would have helped me quite a bit. Oh yeah. So we're, you know, we've got time available after this podcast to be able to give you a price on fixed. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm here to sell baby. Sell, yeah, sell, they... sell. And well, on, on that note, my favorite question to ask at the end of the show is, do you have any trade secrets for us? So, you know, it's you, you specialize in, in e-commerce, you offer this as a service and you do it for big websites on your website. You've got Disney's logo, you have automatics logo, you have big universities. So uh, what kind of trade secret you, right? You huge, huge, uh, tremendous. Has, nobody has bigger clients. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, what kind of trade secret can you offer us for running a big e-commerce website like this? And if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah. So the trade secret is I wish that I had one to give that fit everybody. But I think right there and then I think it's just I think that we kind of hit on it earlier. I mean, there are so many opportunities in the open source world, in the WordPress world, to be able to get started and get something out, which is so great. But when your business hits a certain level of income or a certain pain point or trying to achieve a certain thing, that's when it's best to meet an agency like us because then we can really come in and you can actually afford and see the value of, of investing with a technical partner. They can actually make you a lot more money and see a cost-effective way to do that. And that's really the the opportunity that we brought, you know, clients like Automatic or Disney or other folks that you probably heard of. I mean, we've been able to, you know, really understand that and and give that same exact perspective in different ways to each of our clients. Yeah, that's excellent. And I mean, it's it presumably should be an an easier thing for me to see hiring somebody to help me run my shop versus run my blog. My blog makes me affiliate link money and that's it. But my shop is what I've based my entire business off of. So if I can hire somebody to help me make more money, that should be a no-brainer for me, assuming I have that money in the bank, right? And that's certainly a great way to reinvest in your business and see good return on that investment. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. I will link Mode Effect and a bunch of the other stuff that we talked about in the show notes. Cody, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'll end on this. So I noticed that you're wearing a Cleveland Indians hat. I see the World Series logo off to the side, but it looks like the older one. Yeah, is that the 1998, 97 World Series? Oh, yeah. 1997. Nice. Very nice. The, the bigger uh, logo on the front. Thanks again so much to Cody for joining me uh, for the first episode of Season 4. Like I said at the top of the show, we've got a lot in store for you this season. I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm also really excited about the sponsors that we have for this season and this episode. Uh, So make sure to check out Liquid Web for managed WordPress hosting. It's going to be, it's excellent. I I use it for this site. I use it for all of my important sites. Uh, You can check them out at buildpodcast.net slash liquid. Uh, Check out Jilt if you want to introduce your clients to 
more revenue and who doesn't want to do that you can check them out at buildpodcast.net slash jilt and event espresso uh, for an excellent event management hosting platform uh, you can check them out at buildpodcast.net slash events uh, if you liked the show please go over to apple podcasts and rate and review it it helps so much that during our break we cracked the top 25 podcasts on apple podcasts in the tech category so thank you so so much for that uh it's uh incredible to see the show grow so much um and it's it's thanks to the guests the sponsors and of course you so uh again uh if you like the show uh head over to apple podcasts and leave a rating and a review for all of the show notes you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 62 uh and uh until next time Get out there and build something.